story nineteen of romance of california life by john haberton this librivox recording is in the public domain story nineteen blizzer's wife the mining camp of tough case though small had its excitements as well as did many camps of half a dozen saloon power and on the first day of november eighteen fifty it was convulsed by the crisis of by far the greatest excitement it had ever enjoyed it was not a lucky find for some of the largest nuggets in the state had been taken out at tough case it was not a grand spree for all sprees at tough case were grand and they took place every sunday it was not a fight for when the average of fully developed fights fell below one a fortnight some patriotic citizen would improvise one that the honour of his village should not suffer no all these promoters of delicious and refreshing tumult were as nothing to the agitation which commencing three months before had increased and taken firmer hold of all hearts at tough case until to-day it had reached its culmination blizzer's wife had come out and was to reach camp by that day's boat since blizzer had first announced his expectation every man in camp had been secretly preparing for the event but to-day all secrecy was at an end and white shirts standing collars new pants black hats polished boots combs brushes and razors and even hair oil and white handkerchiefs so transformed the tremulous miners that a smart detective would have been puzzled in looking for any particular citizen of tough case even old hatchet jaw whose nickname correctly indicated the moral import of his countenance sheepishly gave musu the old frenchman an ounce of gold dust for an hour's labor bestowed on hatchjaw's self-asserting red hair bets as to what she looked like were numerous and as no one had the slightest knowledge on the subject experienced bettists made handsome fortunes in betting against every description which was backed by money for each man had so long pondered over the subject that his ideal portrait seemed to him absolutely correct and an amateur phrenologist who had carefully studied blizzer's cranium and the usually accepted laws of affinity consistently bet his last ounce his pistol hut frying-pan blankets and even a pack of cards in a tolerable state of preservation sailors college men pikes farmers clerks loafers and sentimentalists stood in front of sim ripson's store and stared their eyes into watery redness in vain attempts to hurry the boat a bet of drinks for the crowd lost by the non-arrival of the boat on time was just being paid when sim ripson whose bar window commanded the river exclaimed she's comin many were the heel-taps left in glasses as the crowd hurried to the door numerous were the stealthy glances bestowed on shirt-cuffs and finger-nails and bootlegs crosstree a dandyish young sailor hung back to regard himself in a small fragment of looking-glass he carried in his pocket but was rebuked for his vanity by stumbling over the door-sill an operation which finally resulted in his nose being laid up in ordinary the little steamer neared the landing whistled shrilly snorted defiantly buried her nose in the muddy bank in front of the store and shoved out a plank 
several red-shirted strangers got off but no one noticed them at any other time so large an addition to the population of tough case would have justified an extra spree sundry barrels were rolled out but not even old guzzle inspected the brand barrels and bags of onions and potatoes were stacked on the bank but though the camp was sadly in need of vegetables no one expressed becoming exultation all eyes were fixed on the steamer end of the gangplank and every heart beat wildly as blizzer appeared leading a figure displaying only the top of a big bonnet and a blanket shawl hanging on one arm they stepped on the gangplank they reached the shore and then the figure raised its head and dropped the shawl thunder ejaculated fourteenth street and immediately retired and drank himself into a deplorable condition the remaining observers dispersed respectfully but the reckless manner in which they wandered through mud puddles and climbed over barrels and potato sacks indicated plainly that their disappointment had been severe after another liquid bet had been paid and while sleeves but lately tenderly protected were carelessly drawing damp moustaches an old miner remarked reckon that's why he left the states and the emphatic you bet which followed his words showed that the tough caseites were unanimous in the subject of mrs blizzard for she was short and fat and had a pug nose and a cast in one eye her forehead was low and square her hair was of a color which seemed fugitive as the paper-makers say her hands were large and pudgy her feet afforded broad foundations for the structure above them and her gait was not suggestive of any popular style besides she seemed ten years older than her husband who was not yet thirty for several days boots were allowed to grow rusty and chins unshaven as the boys gradually drank and worked themselves into a dumb forgetfulness of their lately cherished ideals but one evening during a temporary lull in the conversation at sim ripson's old uncle ben an ex-deacon of a new hampshire church lifted up his voice and remarked "Pears to me blizzard's beginning to look scrumptious he used to be the shabbiest man in camp through the open door the boys saw blizzard carrying a pail of water and though water carrying in the american manner is not an especially graceful performance blizzard certainly looked unusually neat pallet who had spoiled many canvases and paint-brushes in the east attentively studied blizzer in detail and found his hair was combed his shirt buttoned at the collar and his trousers lacking the california soil which always adorns the seat and knees of orthodox mining pantaloons it's her as did it said pat fadden and tain't all she's done fat do you think she did this mornin'? i was a-fixin me pork just as every other by in camp allers does and just then who should come along but herself i took off me pork and commenced me breakfast when says she to me says she you don't ate it without gravy do you gravy is it says i nobody ever heard of gravy here says i then it's toim says she and she poured off the fat and scrumbled a bit of cracker in the pan and put in some water and when i thought the old thing would blow up for the steam it made she poured the gravy on me plate yes she did 
there were but a few men at tough gates who were not willing to have their daily fare improved and as mrs blizzard did not make a tour of instruction the boys made it convenient to stand near mrs blizzard's own fire and see the mysteries of cooking as a natural consequence sam ripson began to have inquiries for articles he had never heard of much less sold and he found a hurried trip to frisco was an actual business necessity as several miners took their departure after one of these culinary lessons arkansas bill with a mysterious air took fourteenth street aside forty said he in a most appealing tone can you see what twas about she kept a-lookin at my left hand all the time as if she thort there was somethin the matter with it maybe she thort i was tuckin biscuits up my sleeves like yards in a live game can you see anythin the matter with that paw the aristocratic young reprobate gave the hand a critical glance and replied perhaps she thought you didn't know what buttons and buttonholes were made for thunder exclaimed the miner with an expression of countenance which archimedes might have worn when he made his famous discovery from that day forward the gentleman from arkansas instituted a rigid buttonhole inspection before venturing from his hut besides purchasing a share in a new clothes broom pears to me i don't see blizzard playin cards with you fellers as much as it was remarked uncle ben one evening at the store no said flip the champion euchre player with a sad face and strong oath he used to lose his ounces like a man but t'other night i knocked at his door and asked him to come down and have a hand he didn't say nothin but she up and said he'd stopped playin i really took it to be my duty to argue with her and show her how tough it was to cut off a feller's enjoyment but she said twas too high priced for the fun it fetched that ain't the worst nuther said top jack flip's usual partner there was arkansas bill and jerry villa that used to be as fond of their little game as anybody now every night they go up thar to blizzards and just do nothin but sit around and talk it's enough to make a marble statue cuss to see good men spiled that way something astonishin about what comes of it though resumed the deacon twas only yesterday that bill was carryin a bucket o dirt to the crick and just says he got there his foot slipped and he would kerplosh knowing bill's language and such occasions ain't what a church member art to hear i was makin it convenient to leave when along come her and he choked off as sudden as a feller on the gallers day by day the boys dug dirt and carried it to the creek and washed out the precious gold day by day the denizens of tough case worked as many hours and as industriously as men anywhere but no tough case site was so wicked as to work on sunday sunday at tough case commenced at sunset on saturday after the good old puritan fashion and lasted through until working time on monday morning but beyond this matter of time the puritan parallel could not be pursued for on sunday was transacted all the irregular business of the week on sunday was done all the hard drinking and heavy gambling and on sunday were settled such personal difficulties as were superior to the limited time and low liquor pressure of the week 
the evening sun of the first saturday of mrs blizzard's residence at tough case considered his day's work done and retired under the snowy coverlets the sierras lent him the tired miners gladly dropped pick shovel and pan but bedclothing was an article which at that moment they scorned to consider there was important business and entertainment which would postpone sleep for many hours the express would be along in the morning and no prudent man could sleep peaceably until he had deposited his gold dust in the company's strong-box then there were two or three old feuds which might come to a head they always did on sunday and above all red wing a man with enormous red whiskers had been threatening all week to have back the money flip had won from him on the preceding sunday and red wing had been very lucky in his claim all week and the two men were very nearly matched and were magnificent players so the game promised to last many hours and afford handsome opportunities for outside betting sim ripson understood his business by sunset he had all his bottles freshly filled and all his empty boxes distributed about the room for seats and twice as many candles lighted as usual and the card tables reinforced by some upturned barrels he also had a neat little woodpile under the bar to serve as a barricade against stray shots the boys dropped in pleasantly two or three at a time and drank merrily with each other and the two or three who were not drinking men sauntered in to compare notes with the others there were no aristocrats or paupers at tough case nor any cliques whatever the men were at home here they were equal and sim ripson's was the general gathering place for everybody but in the course of two or three hours there was a perceptible change of the general tone at sim ripson's it was so every saturday night or sunday morning old hatchet jaw said it was because sim ripson's liquor wasn't good moosu the frenchman maintained it was due to the absence of chivalrous spirit crosstree the sailor said it was always so with landsmen fourteenth street privately confided to several that twas because there was no good blood in camp the amateur phrenologist ascribed it to an undue cerebral circulation and uncle ben the deacon insisted upon it that the fiend personally was the disturbing element probably all of them were right for it seemed impossible that the sunday excitements at sim ripson's could proceed from any single cause their proportions were too magnificent drinking singing swearing gambling and fighting the tough caseites made night so hideous that uncle ben spent half the night in earnest prayer for these misguided men and the remainder of it in trying to make up his mind to start for home but by far the greater number of the boys on that particular night surrounded the table at which sat red wing and flip both were playing their best and as honestly as each was compelled to do by his adversary's watchfulness each had several times accused the other of cheating each had his revolver at his right hand and the crowd about them had the double pleasure of betting on the game and on which would shoot first suddenly red wing arose as flip played an ace on his adversary's last card and raked the dust toward himself you took that ace out of your sleeve i seed you do it give me back my ounces said red wing it's a lie roared the great flip springing to his feet and seizing red wing's pistol arm 
the weapon fell and both men clutched like tigers sim ripson leaped over the bar and separated them no rasslin here said he when gentlemen gets two men to hold in and shoots at sight i have to stand it but rasslin's vulgar you'll have to go out of doors to do it i'll have it out with him with pistols then cried wedwing picking up his weapon greed roared flip whose pistol lay on the table we'll do it across the crick at daylight it's daylight now said sim ripson hurriedly after looking out of his window at the end of the bar he was a good storekeeper was sim ripson and he knew how to mix drinks but he had an unconquerable aversion to washing blood stains out of the floor the two gamblers rushed out of the door pistols in hand and the crowd followed each man talking at the top of his voice and betting on the chances of the combatants suddenly above all the noise they heard a cracked soprano voice singing with some unauthorized flatting and sharping another six days work is done another sabbath is begun return my soul enjoy thy rest improve the day that god hath blessed redwing stopped and dropped his head to one side as if expecting more flip stopped everybody did arkansas bill whose good habits had been laid aside late saturday afternoon exclaimed well i'll be blowed bill didn't mean anything of the sort but the tone in which he said it expressed precisely the feeling of the crowd the voice was again heard oh that our thoughts and thanks may rise as grateful incense to the skies and draw from heaven that sweet repose which none but he that feels it knows redwing turned abruptly on his heel keep the ounces said he there's an old woman to hum that thinks a sight of me i reckon myself i'm good for something besides fillin a hole in the ground that night sim ripson complained that it had been the poorest sunday he had ever had at tough case the boys drank but it was a sort of nerveless unbusinesslike way that sim ripson greatly regretted and very few bets were settled in sim ripson's principal stock in trade when sim finally learned the cause of his trouble he promptly announced his intention of converting mrs blizzer to common sense and as he had argued uncle ben first into a perfect frenzy and then into silence the crowd considered mrs blizzer's faith doomed monday morning bright and early as men with aching heads were taking their morning bitters mrs blizzer appeared at sim ribson's store and purchased a bar of soap boys heard you singin yesterday said sim yes inquired mrs blizzard yes all of em delighted said sim gallantly but you don't believe in no such stuff i s'pose do you what stuff asked mrs blizzard why about heaven and hell and the bible and all them things do you know what the greek for hell meant and do you know the bible's all the time contradictin itself i can show you i tell you what i do know mr ribson said the woman i know some things in my heart that no mortal being never told me and they couldn't be skeered out by all the dictionaries and commentators a-goin that's what i know and mrs blizzard departed while the astonished theologian sheepishly admitted that he owed drinks to the crowd while the ex-deacon uncle ben was trying to determine to go home he found quite a pretty nugget that settled his mind and he announced that same night at the store that all his mining property was for sale as he was going back east 
i'll go with you uncle ben said fourteenth street the crowd was astounded men of fourteenth street's caliber seldom had pluck enough to go to the mines and their getting away or their doing anything that required manliness was of still more unfrequent occurrence i know it said the young man translating the glances which met his eye you fellows think i don't amount to much anyway perhaps i don't i came out here because i fell out with a girl i thought i loved she acted like a fool and i made up my mind all women were fools but that wife of blizzards has shown me more about true womanliness than all the girls i ever knew and i'm going back to try it over again one morning a small crowd of early drinkers at sim ripson's dropped their glasses yet did not go briskly out to work as usual in fact they even hung aloof in a most ungentlemanly manner from jerry miller who had just stood treat and both these departures from the usual custom indicated that something unusual was the matter finally top jack remarked he's a stranger and typhus is a bad thing to have around but something ought to be done for him tain't the thing to ax for volunteer for it's danger without no chance of pleasing excitement we might throw kids around one to each feller in the camp and him as gets ace of spades is to tend to the poor cuss i think jerry ought to go himself argued flip he's been exposed already by looking into the feller's shanty and probably hurt as best as he's going to be i might go said sim ripson who in his character of barkeeper had to sustain a reputation for bravery and public spirit but wouldn't do to shut up the store you know and especially the bar nobody'd stand it needn't trouble yourselves said arkansas bill who had entered during the conversation she's thar thunder exclaimed top jack frowning and then looking sheepish yes continued bill she stopped me as i was coming along and said she just heerd of it and was a-goin i told her there was men enough in camp to look out for him but she said she reckoned she could do it best wants some things from frisco though and i'm a-goin for em and arkansas bill departed while the men at sim ripson's sneaked guiltily down to the creek for many days the boys hung about the camp's single street every morning unwilling to go to work until they had seen mrs blizzer appear in front of the sick man's hut the boys took turns at carrying water making fires and serving mrs blizzer generally and even paid handsomely for the chance one morning mrs blizzer failed to appear at the usual hour the boys walked about nervously they smoked many pipes and took hurried drinks and yet she did not appear the boys looked suggestingly at her husband and he himself appeared to be anxious but being one of the shiftless kind he found anxiety far easier than action suddenly arkansas bill remarked i can't stand it any longer and walked rapidly toward the sick man's hut and knocked lightly on the door and looked in there lay the sick man his eyes partly open and on the ground apparently asleep and with a very purple face lay mrs blizzer do something for her gasped the sick man give her a chance for god's sake i don't know how long i've been here but i kind of woke up last night as if i'd been asleep she was a-standin lookin in my eyes and had a hand on my cheek i believe it's turned says she still a-lookin after a bit she says it's turned sure and all of a sudden she tumbled i couldn't holler i wish to god i could 
arkansas bill opened the door and called blizzer and the crowd followed blizzer though at a respectful distance in a moment blizzer reappeared with his wife no longer fat in his arms and arkansas bill hurried on to open blizzer's door the crowd halted and didn't know what to do until moosu the little frenchman lifted his hat upon which every man promptly uncovered his head a moment later arkansas bill was on sim ribson's horse and galloping off for a doctor and sim ribson who had always threatened sudden death to any one touching his beloved animal saw him and refrained even from profanity the doctor came and the boys crowded the door to hear what he had to say hm said the doctor a rough miner himself new arrival been fat worn out rainy season just coming on not much chance no business to come to california ought to have had sense enough to stay home look a here doctor said arkansas bill indignantly she's got this way a nussin a fella stranger too the every man in camp was afeard to go nigh is that so asked the doctor in a tone considerably softened then she shall get well if my whole time and attention can bring it about the sick woman lay in a burning fever for days and the boys industriously drank her health and bet heavy odds on her recovery no singing was allowed anywhere in camp and when an old feud broke out afresh between two miners and they drew their pistols a committee was appointed to conduct them at least two miles from camp before allowing them to shoot the sundays were allowed to pass in the commonplace quietness peculiar to the rest of the week and men who were unable to forgo their regular weekly spree were compelled to emigrate sim ribson though admitting that the change was decidedly injurious to his business declared that he would cheerfully be ruined in business rather than have that woman disturbed he was even heard to say that though of course there was no such place as heaven there ought to be for such woman one evening as the crowd were quietly drinking and betting arkansas bill suddenly opened the door of the store and cried she's mendin the fever's broke Shh! my treat boys said sim ribson hurrying glasses and favorite bottles on the bar the boys were just clinking glasses with blizzer himself who during his wife's absence and illness had drifted back to the store when arkansas bill again opened the door she's a-sinkin all of a sudden he gasped blizzer you're wanted the two men hurried away and the crowd poured out of the store by the light of a fire in front of the hut in which the sick woman lay they saw blizzer enter and arkansas bill remain outside the hut near the door the boys stood on one foot put their hands into their pockets and took them out again snapped their fingers looked at each other as if they wanted to talk about something that they couldn't suddenly the doctor emerged from the hut and said something to arkansas bill and the boys saw arkansas bill put both hands up to his face then the boys knew that their sympathy could help blizzer's wife no longer slowly the crowd re-entered the store and mechanically picked up the yet untasted glasses sim ribson filled a glass for himself looked a second at the crowd and dropping his eyes raised them again looked as if he had something to say looked intently into his glass as if espying some irregularity looked up again and exclaimed boys it's no use maybe there's no hell maybe the bible contradicts itself but but there is a heaven or such folks would never get their just dues here's to blizzard's wife 
the best man in camp and may the lord send us somebody like her in silence and with uncovered heads was the toast drunk and for many days did the boys mourn for her whose advent brought them such disappointment end of story nineteen